Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. This is the Risk and Reward Podcast. My name is Holland Henderson, financial advisor with Allen & Company. And today we have a very sweet and exciting topic. I think it's sweet, right? All sweet. That's all sweet. Okay, so today <laughs> we have some representatives from Mike and Mike's Desserts. Go ahead and sound off because we've got three guests today. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is uh, Nathaniel Kendrick, but you can call me Nate. Uh, Mike Mitchell from Mike and Mike's. Maria from Mike and Mike's. Fantastic. So... Who are you and what do you do? So we've already established your name. For sure. So what do we do? Yeah, so we are, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, we are a plant-based dessert wholesale business uh, that specializes specifically in production of mini cupcakes currently. And I'll let Mike kind of take it from there. Yeah, so basically we sell plant-based cupcakes. Um healthy alternative to what you currently see on the market uh you don't want to see all the the bad stuff and everything that you currently get yeah um this ours is a, a better alternative for a healthy lifestyle so are the tiny the reason why we're doing tiny cupcakes so i don't eat as many is that part <laughs> of it or it's part part it's part of that but part is i'm like a like a mind game some smaller you eat more yeah you don't feel as guilty about eating something so sweet exactly and i think it was it was it was strategic too because a lot of times uh, when you think of desserts there there there's an indulgence to it but like the size is usually massive we wanted something that wasn't as overwhelming a little bit of a smaller bite uh one bite uh specifically so so have you seen i, I mean the dessert industry because i know that once you started going to restaurants and they gave you desserts in a shot glass but a, a spoon that doesn't really yeah Right. So and it's not really conducive for sharing. Like yeah. if me and my wife go out and share dessert. That's I mean, just gets Hunger Games style. <laughs> right. With the dessert. But I mean, desserts used to be monstrous and now they're kind of sizing down. Is it I mean, is that is am I seeing it correctly? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and specifically in the in the plant based industry, uh, we wanted to make sure that we weren't just coming with a product that was such a massive size, you know, a lot of the artificial products that are out there. Some of them are four, four ounces, five ounces, six ounces, which is kind of absurd for uh, dessert. I don't know anybody that's just indulging in something of that size or that <laughs> right. magnitude. You all in one setting. It's a lot. Exactly. It's yeah. a lot. So we didn't want to, we didn't want to create something that was so massive. And uh, that's something that we are kind of focused on. And yeah, we're excited about. So, I mean, whenever you think about vegan, you don't really put the vegan and cupcake together. I mean, I think when I think vegan, I'm like, oh man, people want me to be healthy. And then you add cupcakes to it, and now I'm really confused. Yeah. 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 Vegan has such a negative connotation, so we almost like to say plant-based. Okay. In a sense. So, um, is that Has that been more positive on the reception end of over vegan? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times uh, when people think vegan, especially, it, it's changing now, but back in the day, there, there was a lot of negative connotation. It didn't taste good. It tasted like cardboard. All the all healthy alternatives didn't taste great at all, um, but we've been really kind of flipping it on its head. And to your point about, you know, you don't really think of, of vegan cupcakes. Specifically, the reason why we were, um, you know, it's the part of a story of Viviana, who's the mind behind the product. She wanted a healthy alternative for her and her kids that they could eat. Um, she has um, some health challenges that she deals with, and one of her kids specifically had um, some allergies or allergens that she couldn't eat specific types of ingredients. And so, when we started to build this product out, we wanted to make a clean, healthy alternative product for kids to eat so they still could enjoy cupcakes with their friends and not be the one kid in the corner sitting and eating some nasty alternative. <laughs> I mean, it's a character cupcake at that point. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. yeah. So what do you lose or what do you gain with, you know, I, I, I honestly, outside of a box, I probably don't know how to make a cupcake. Right. Right. So what do you lose or gain by taking away the milk and the eggs? In in what way? What do you? I mean, I, what do you? I, 
as far as flavor, uh, what are what are the challenges there? Because mm. I mean, baking is chemistry. I, yeah, it is a chemistry. It's a science behind it, and that's why we have Viviana, which is, is a master scientist. At the end of the day, with all these flavors that you guys see, uh, you really don't lose too much. Um, they taste better than yeah. the alternative or the conventional cupcake. Really? Yes, True. they really do. Most people, when they try the product, they can't even tell it's vegan or plant based because it's it's still a moist cake. Sorry to use that word moist. Right, right. And the frosting is even better because we use, for example, for strawberry two-step, we actually use real uh, fruit extract. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a red 40, which, you know, it's linked to harming you and your immune system. And for children, there's a lot of like negative ingredients that actually harm your body. And there's a lot of research and that's up and coming. So I think people are being more aware and they want to eat something better and they want to eat something that still tastes great, which is what we always try to do. Correct. Yeah, so we have different alternatives and different strategies that we use within the formulation. So instead of using eggs, there's another ingredient that, you know, that's proprietary that we use that binds the product together, but you still don't have the, you know, the negative effects. Because getting it, jumping into this, we had no idea the amount of people that were allergic to something as simple as eggs. But there's a, a, a large community of people, and, and a, lot, a lot of it's found in children as well that can't, they just can't eat eggs. So any of the traditional cupcakes, when they try to go to the store for their birthdays, they can't. They can't buy those those yeah. products. So, I mean, are y'all planning on attacking different types of allergies, like gluten allergies or anything like that? Be having gluten free options. Yeah, gluten free is a super That's niche a market. It's super hard to scale. Uh, it's probably something we do in the future, but pretty much just focus on the plant based, which does contain wheat. But yeah, you know. yeah. To, to Mike's point, we're we're specifically focused on the on the plant based right now, but we're we're actively um, working on um, alternatives. Uh, in the in the gluten free environment, because there there is a there is a massive need for that as well, because it, it's it's if you think about the allergens, it's it's eggs, it's dairy, it's nuts. it's nuts, and then wheats right after it, and so that's something that we've we've you know eliminated. We're eliminating the nuts, we're eliminating the dairy, we're eliminating the eggs, and then the last component is if we can eliminate the wheat. That's something that we're really trying to nail. So that's really cool. So let's go ahead and take a break real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back with the team from Mike and Mike's Dessert. So let's go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts of things. Not that the previous conversation wasn't. That was pretty fun, though. Um, what? How did you guys get started? Like, what, where in the world did this cupcake business come from out of Lakeland, Florida? Uh, I guess it all started with me. Um, for the most part, I, originally the name was not Mike and Mike's. Um, it was called Old Jackie's Desserts, and my mom's name is Jackie, so... Um, and I originally started with her recipes. This is the recipes that she made for years and years, you know. You know, all of it say no, everyone says, uh, won't you put your stuff in the store, won't you sell it to this this here, this there, or whatever. So I actually kinda took it upon myself to see if I could actually make it to the gas stations. Or I mean to the to the retail or just actually sell it at mass scale. So I did that. I originally started going to Circle K. Uh okay. I went there probably a month. One, two months of going there every other day, just driving back and forth, just trying to open up that door. Uh, I originally opened up that door for like 400 gas stations, but at the end of the day, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise because we wouldn't, we had no clue how hard it was to actually scale a product of that magnitude. So did your interest peak uh, to do this because of your mom's desserts, or was it because you wanted to start a business? It was a little bit of both. Uh, I knew how good her desserts were, so why not try to give it to everybody else so they can enjoy it as well. That was my biggest thing and trying to actually make a business out of it, you know. Okay, so we're so you made it out to 400 different gas stations. Yeah, um, I opened up that that initial contract with the buyer to for 400 gas stations. 
but it was some type of clause that they had that they couldn't bring in outside cupcake vendors. So it kind of fell through. But like I said, it was a blessing because we actually did not know what we were actually doing. I was just going out there, really just trying to make any type of headway I could. So we go from Jackie's Desserts. When does it turn into Mike and Mike's? So when that happened, um, almost took like a probably like two or three weeks off. And that's that's kind of hard to lose that kind of contract like that. But like I said, it was a blessing. And um, I met his wife, Mike, the other Mike, and uh, his that, that makes the uh, the cupcakes and everything like that. And I said, why don't we re-engineer these regular recipes that have eggs and milk and all that stuff to make them plant-based? And that's where Mike and Mike's came. Okay. Yeah, and it was it – was, I think it was part, partly, too, with the fact that, like I said before, she was, you know, having some health issues and health challenges, and she's like, you know, we could create a healthy alternative that I can enjoy my kids can enjoy. And no idea that the market was there for plant-based, and it just, just took off like a rocket ship. Really? Yeah, yep. we originally launched in uh, Miami, Florida. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're not from around here. We are, but I just that's where they lived at. Okay. And I was going to school down there uh, at Florida International. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so we bring it back up here and decide to headquarter out of Lakeland? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I kind of hop in a little bit. So during this time, because Mike and I went to high school together, Lakeland High School, go Dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, long story short, Mike was just updating me on – what he was doing with the business. I, I had another business at the time that I was working on, and we would meet up at Starbucks at Lakeside Village and the one-off Beacon at the time, um, RIP to those Starbuckses. But That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we outlived those Starbuckses. That's right. But anyway, if you could outlive a Starbucks, that's a, <laughs> so, that's like a you're doing defeat. something, right? But long story short, he kind of introduces me to what he's working on, and when I see him open up those 400 locations, even though it fell through, I, I saw it as an entry point. I said, okay, if we can – if we can come together and put our collective minds together and we can, you know, put a put a business plan together and a structure behind it, I really think we have something here. And so at that time when things were lifting off in Miami, Mike and I are meeting at Starbucks kind of brainstorming saying we really feel like we should reposition the company here, home, our home base in Lakeland. Because we saw the growth in Lakeland, what was happening and catapult and all the entrepreneurship, um, the entrepreneurshipism, if that's even a word, that was coming up within Lakeland. And so we're just like, okay, this is an opportunity here. And so that's when we decided, hey, we're going to restructure the business, bring it here. Uh, that's when we we originally, Viviana was making all the product out of a commissary kitchen in Miami. Mm-hmm. We said, we're, we can't keep up with the growth and demand. We need to find another alternative. Mike kind of puts the pedal to the metal and does a ton of research on what what's called a, a co-packer. We didn't know what that was at the time, but someone that is essentially creating the product on your behalf and they're co-manufacturing at mass scale for you so we in 20 so between 2019 and 2021 that's when we brokered a relationship with the co-packer repositioned the business in central florida and lakeland and then relaunched with the co-packer yeah, initially it took a whole year off just to actually get that whole structure in place okay then relaunched it in so what year was it that jackie's desserts was was around 2019 Okay, mm-hmm. and then and then Mike and Mike started when I say the part the back end of 2019, the back end of 19. Mm-hmm. And so another question is is the other Mike and Viviana still around? Yes. Okay, so they're still partners in the company. Correct. Okay. Do y'all have do you have um, uh, you know uh, a good uh, a good demographic in Miami still, or are you pretty much? Yeah, we do. Okay, we do. So you left all those contacts and then just kind of cr- created your manufacturing mm-hmm. out of here mm-hmm. wow so how much how long have y'all been on the know like how or on the learn right like i mean this seems like you gotta, <laughs> yeah, we're, i mean technically we're still a super young company but it's about two and a half years 
Okay. Which is fairly fairly young. Yeah, that's very young. So Maria, when did you come on board and what was the, you know, what was the entry for you? So I started of last year September. Um and it's been like really awesome to work for this company, especially because I actually care a lot about like the food and what we're eating and like not only like things so we we try to always want to scale but we also make things feel like they're homemade and they're still like all ingredients you can pronounce so that's really important to me so it's been really fun to be able to share like that message with other people um and so I started in September and I do the digital marketing and I focus a lot on the social media um and Mike knows my husband so they were friends in college and then that's kind of how so this really is a company of friendships Yes. I mean, in connections. Indeed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, and that's pretty clear. I mean, I went, obviously did research on you guys before you came on the show, which was probably smart, right? Because it could be anything. Um, but some of the things that are on your website and on your social media are a lot of about sustainability and family and friendship. Mm-hmm. So, how, I mean, obviously the connections are here, but how is that fed into your business model? Huge. It's huge, especially when you're talking about scaling and mass production, especially with some of the strategic partnerships that we've been able to broker over time with Mike, you know, just drilling at the bit, having, because when we first jumped into the business, we had no idea of the consumer packaged goods business at all. We had no connections in the space at all. But as we've built these, this business, we've started to develop really strong relationships with uh, our distributors and some of our retailers and understanding how to establish it, establish those relationships and cultivating those relationships. And, and one thing that I, I've learned from Mike that I'm, I'm still drilling into myself is when you're building a relationship with someone, it's not just a one-sided thing of, hey, we're trying to sell the product or, hey, this is the update. It's like, hey, how's your day going? Yeah. How's your week going? How's your kids? And that's something that we've tried to really drill down into our company and, and say we're, we're establishing and building long-lasting relationships to where our industry happens fast there's people that are always moving around one of our buyers he just transitioned on to a different company but because we cultivated that relationship that door's still open that's really cool yeah so i mean do you do you do you see that payback in that relationship i mean you feeding back into them and and not just being on the take right so you're seeing it on the back end of doors opening up and opportunities so one question i have for you is um did the suppliers and distributors, the people that you are making contact with, were they pretty forgiving with your, I mean, you being on the learn? I don't want to say lack of knowledge, but that's kind of what it was, right? Were they pretty forgiving or did you did you take the approach of, we're going to fake it until we make it? Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, that type of thing. Or was it, were they understanding that you're starting a business and you're figuring this thing out? I think they're understanding. And Mike can speak to that as well, because Mike is Mike is the type of person that he's not faking at all. He's just, it is what it is with, with Mike. And a lot of the a lot of the buyers and a lot of the people, even, even one of our um, buyers specifically, she's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I shouldn't be giving you guys... <laughs> this this all this information but i really like you guys like you want to speak on that uh yeah i guess the biggest thing is being honest with people uh, I, I'm, I train these people as normal people i know you have a, do- a job just like you you have a job and everything mm-hmm. but making that personal connection with people at the end of the day it goes a long way well me. i mean I, your brand is about authenticity right right and i mean if you start not being authentic right right at any point in time it then begins to feed back into the question you know a questionable nature to your brand which is I'm sure it would be a danger, right? Yeah, correct. And there's so much language you just don't know. Like AOM, it's like what? It's like Rebecca, can you can you please explain to me what an AOM is? Right. POD, Rebecca, can you can what's a POD? And so learning different things like PODs, points of distribution. It's how many points of distribution is your product in? AOM is this is essentially like a 
purchase a, order. A purchase order, a test purchase order to, to project how much product that we believe you guys are going to move at a time. Should be it, PU something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. A bill of lading. What's a bill of lading? We had to build that. We didn't know what that was at the time. But Should y'all just make an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> yeah. of all the Yeah, all this yeah, information. It took me about an hour and a half to build that bill of lading from scratch. Yeah, but that's something that you need, especially when you're working with the large distributors. In order for them to pick up product, you have to have that bill of lading. So. Okay. So how how has it been creating the brand on social media and um, on the website and just getting the name out there? What's that been like as far as having having to kind of go around vegan, plant based, and convince people that it doesn't taste like this microphone? <laughs> yeah. So we like to go to the direct consumer. So even us as a company, we've done like markets, local markets, and we try to put the product in front of people. We sample. We let them try it. We let them share it. Um, we go to stores also and we sample in stores. So we really get direct with the consumer um, to break those barriers. And then in, t- in terms of social media, like just the content, always trying to post the product looking, you know, like how it actually tastes, which is great, nice, moist, you know, not too much sugar, but enough sugar where you're enjoying it. Um, and then just doing that and sharing that experience and having other people share that as well. So like getting Google reviews and things like that. Has it been easy to convey the message of, like I said, authenticity, uh, sustainability, friendship, family, all that stuff? Uh, I think it has been, but I think, I guess, it's like most people are not used to brands necessarily always being like that. But I think that that's what we can expect in the future with, like, new and up and coming brands being different, especially if they're run by like millennials or Gen Z. Like, I feel like it's going to have a different change. Like, people want more connection and more reality and more authenticity and not just like, oh, it's just a brand and that's it. Like, they're untouchable. So why did y'all decide to go more of the distribution route rather than a brick and mortar? You know, just opening up a cupcake place. That was that was all, originally that was all Mike. Yeah, I guess uh, I know brick and mortar, you're capped as so, I mean, I, I, I can say cap, but you only can make so much money. As I say, well, wholesale, you can you can hit everybody at a, at the end of the day. You can go nationwide, and the, the the amount of more people you can touch with this product, and the amount of more money you can make. Not not to say everything is about the money, but yeah, well, it pays the bills. It pays the bills at the end of the day. You got to yeah. eat. But at the end of the day, um, it's about reaching the masses at the end of the day with this and, product. And it's different. A lot of people, when again, when Mike was talking to me about this at Starbucks, I still remember it like it was yesterday. He was like, "Dude, I want to I want to do it different. I'm not just trying to you know sell it to some mom and pops and or you know just make a brick and mortar." I really want to do something different and approach this in a different way. And we want to flip retail on it on its head. Because a lot of times when you see the type of branding that you see with our products, you don't necessarily see that in retail normally. And so that's something that we're really interested and excited about. There's It's, it's a lot of these traditional, established legacy brands that have just kind of been there for years versus this is a new and emerging market and a new and emerging brand. And we're really trying to approach it that way. And well, I, I want to add to that as well, that we're also like a company that tries to balance like people, profit and planet. And I think that's all like we're trying to do, um, especially as a younger company. And um, and that's all. So um, with with you not putting all the extra additives in there, I'm sure there's a bit of a difficulty with distribution and it not lasting. Because, I mean, usually the things that are the most healthy in my refrigerator and cabinet go bad the fastest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> the Oreos <laughs> on my shelf, right, are, right. Are, they're, they're around for a year or two, right? right? So <laughs> how, how do you manage that? Um, I guess the biggest thing, nature was, um, I guess products are never meant to last that long. Yeah. So if your product is good, you won't have to put preservatives in it. It'll move faster. Okay. It was never meant to last 
a, a year. Yeah. A plant-based product doesn't it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, so how do you manage that from I mean th- to get it created, mm-hmm. right? Shipped to the store right. and off the shelves to where it's profitable for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's got to be a balance on how many things you can send to a store because they're going to go through so Correct. many. Correct. How have for you sure. how have y'all tackled those challenges? So luckily for us this the way Viviana created the product uh, it can be frozen, so that's mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a massive thing for us. And so the way a lot of a lot of the the structure of our business is 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 um, structured is essentially it's called slacking out. So you'll put it frozen, it ships frozen, and then they slack it out in the fridge, and in the fridge it can just gonna get pulled from there. And that's kind of how we're we're able to protect the shelf life. And a lot a large component of the reason why businesses or brands die in retail is spoilage. So if we it's a lot of education. So we call you know calling the stores and saying this is how you handle the product. This is you shouldn't put a, out you know 50 cases. Maybe you just put out a case at a time. That way, that there's not as much spoilage, and the customer can grab the product. Once that product is off the shelf, you can refill the shelves. Mm-hmm. So are your are your distributors or the the retailers that you're selling to not the distributors but the retailers are they pretty understanding about that about the way to handle the product absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely just because it's it's when i say we're so unique we're so unique there's there's i i would I would go as far to say there's nobody doing what we're doing. Even the plant-based options that are out there, they're still putting some type of stabilizer inside of it. And because this is an emerging brand and there's such a need for it, even our buyers are, are saying, okay, you know, what do we, what, what can we do to help you guys succeed? How, how do we need to, you know, structure our distribution? We just were talking to one of our buyers the other day, and they said, because even when it comes to shipping our products, sometimes it is damaged just because there's not stabilizers inside of it. And she's like, you know, let's act shipping the product. We'll just tell people the product tastes good just so we can get it in the door. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take our second break, and we'll be right back. And we're back with the team from Mike and Mike's Desserts. So uh, it almost sounds to me like the the theme of last year was on-demand supplies, right? So there was a lot of supply chain issues. Right. It was almost like your business was already prepared for that. Am I wrong, or were there still challenges? There's definitely still challenges. And what's interesting is we're feeling those challenges two years later across the board with distribution uh, there's 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 a lack of drivers which can affect when our product gets there the cost of ingredients have gone up et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but there is this 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 other unique component of because we're using a lot of times what our coat backers called odd ingredients <laughs> we don't necessarily have the same type of supply chain issues because you know well an example is oat milk a large component of oat milk sales comes from direct to consumer not wholesale but because we're opening this wholesale component we're not really competing against a whole bunch of other buyers because there's not that many buyers for wholesale oat milk versus direct to consumer oat milk so one of the things that continues to come into play with with healthier options for food is the expense mm. i mean so how how have you been able to maintain con- cost control for not just you but also your consumer yeah that's a great question <laughs> that's a good question you're yeah, asking really good, good questions question. We've been actively uh, maneuvering as strategically as we possibly can. I mean, of course, you have to, it gets to a certain point where you have to put a certain price on the end consumer, but we do, just based on our research, we know what that ceiling is. And it's a constant back and forth with our buyers, with our distributors, with our co-manufacturers and saying, you know, what 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 price can we sit at to be profitable and to be strategic? But you, it gets, it gets to a point where you don't want to price your consumer out of the market. It, it, it's like, okay, we have a healthy alternative product, but simultaneously you want that customer to not just purchase once, but continuously come back as a customer and not say, oh, you know, am I going to get gas or am I going to get Mike and Mike's cupcakes? How, how, how have you tracked that repeat customer? I mean, have you all put pl- things into place for tracking your brand of people continuing to come back? 
or is it just word of mouth? Yeah, so we use a lot of word of mouth at the moment just because, you know, we were a startup. But um, we get, like, DMs of people asking, like, for birthday parties. And, like, so we have this also a celebration component to our brand, which obviously comes along with, like, being, you know, having a friendship feel, a family feel. You're always, like, celebrating um, so a lot of it is word of mouth. And I mean, we know our target audience well. It's more women and usually women who have children or their children have allergies. But also it could even be a woman who's into like health and beauty and wellness. So um, that's kind of how we, we kind of try to track that. It's a little trickier, but that's the best we do at the moment. Yeah, currently, because we're the majority of our our customers are independents, but as we, which we're about to launch into, we launch, we're launching into bigger chains. Chains chains have data and information that we have the capability of kind of pulling that information from. And then some of our distributors, they can show us at least the track of sales, not necessarily the customer per se, but as you launch into bigger chains, they can give you access to some of that data. So one of the things that, um, that I learned in business a long time ago was if your message is for everyone, it's for no one, right? So, I mean, the bigger, the wider you cash your net, the more likely it's sure. going to... I don't think that's necessarily a fishing term, but for business, it works. Um, it seems like it's it you know it's very specific and in, in primarily a female-driven market. Mm-hmm. I mean, how have you continued, especially being mostly most of your team is men, mm-hmm. right? How have you managed that brand? It's so probably, it's really uh, there's a there's um you know our messaging, our our photography. We we, we use women, real women, to that ha- have enjoyed this product. Um, we use children, obviously, that also enjoy this product. Um. And then it's not just like, cause we don't, it's just all, like, we try to focus on the health component the most, I think like health is wealth, you know, that's very trendy. Mm-hmm. Sorry to use that, but it's true. It's yeah. very trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we try to like promote that. Um, I mean, it is, it is a tricky market actually, even though obviously like we know it's women because they're the first ones to go to the grocery store. They're going to be the first ones to see the product usually since they're the first ones going to the grocery store so it is tricky um but it's just constantly working and redefining the strategy like knowing who our buyer persona is building different buyer personas and then seeing their behaviors their lifestyles psychographics and all that and how it plays into their purchase so have y'all seen a welcome mat from some of the schools that you've that that kids have brought your cupcakes to for a birthday party have you seen any type of feedback because i know i mean with my kids you get a list of you know who's got allergy like don't bring nuts in because Mm -hmm. You know, you could end up subjecting some person's child to a really bad mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. right? So, are is there more of a welcome mat for this because you're more conscious of it? Absolutely, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's what's driving it. What's actually driving a large component of this business and the plant-based industry and healthy alternatives, specifically desserts, is the schools. The schools are cracking down on what they can allow and can't allow into. Um, into the classroom and because we are you know hitting off those checkpoints a lot of a lot of people hit us up or ask us or say that they are buying the product and putting in their kids lunches or having the kids take it for their birthday parties and the celebration so that they can be inclusive or they can actually bring the product in the classroom that's really neat uh what so how do you see your brand developing over time you know as far as flavors you know are we going to make bigger cupcakes for maybe (laughs) my size people yeah, we're actually so. Yeah, this, guess, this is still new. We're not ne- necessarily diving into what it is. And I'll let Mike speak on it too. But there's a there's a new version that we're working on yeah, that we're really excited about. Big time. Uh, I guess the new model would be it's a, a single serve cupcake. It's almost a, it's a little bit nostalgic, almost like a hostess cake, and uh, it's individually wrapped and the, the icing is injected inside the cupcake. What? Yeah. So it's a it's a new model. It's easier. It's a little bigger too. So. It's a little bit bigger too. <laughs> like a jelly filled vegan cupcake. Not jelly, but yeah, <laughs> same same concept, but yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so so this is the next 
This is the next step. Iteration, yep. That's the next step. So did you, whenever you were naming Mike and Mike's desserts, you really had, you wanted it to be open concept where you could add other things than just cupcakes. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. Yeah. So um, what does success look like for Mike and Mike's? Uh, I guess the business says just coming out of here at Lakeland that we, you know, we're launching into all public's Greenwise stores. That's, that's the biggest, it's a big, big feat for us, you know, locally. We, me and they previously worked for Publix. So it's almost like a full circle moment. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Oh, uh, I guess really just spreading this product, we should reach as many people as we can. Do you feel like that your message for your cupcakes is, is part of your success model? Like you are, is there an aspect of giving back? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I think a large component of that, especially for us, is there's not a, a huge mi- minority representation in the consumer packaged goods space. And diving into this, you know, when you said wholesale, a lot of people, a lot of people understand, you know, at least have a, an idea of what it means to build a brick and mortar or an idea of what it means to to create an e-commerce website. But very few people understand what wholesale even means or how to get into a grocery store. And the amount of people that have just flooded to us and said. How in the world did you guys do that? It doesn't even make sense. And so a large component of that is to be able to reach back and say, hey, once as we develop these skill sets and understand how to build these and cultivate these relationships and launch these products into stores to reach back into the local community and say, hey, we'll, we'll take you alongside the ride and the journey and show you guys essentially what we did to get yeah. to where we are. You know, uh, you know, the co-working space catapult is a big, it's a big, um, big help to us. Yep. Certain certain individuals, that yep. was, uh, Jeff Chamberlain, a retired public executive, Tim, Tim Cox. It's another brand packaging retired executive. So all, all those different people helped us get to where we're at today. We didn't just do it by ourselves. Exactly. So exactly. so the idea of catapult, you know, having a business incubator, right? Correct. Where you're around other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and other, you know, people that are driving towards business. Correct. That's been an encouragement, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So it, and when we're talking about um, influential relationships, I mean, who are some people that you would say this would be my, you know, uh, my my dessert Oscar speech? You know, who are, who are the people that you're thanking? That they were thanking? Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> like I said, Jeff, uh, especially Mayor Mutz. Okay. Uh, it's been super, um, super helpful for us. Uh, Steve Madden, Brent Powers. Brent so Powers. it's just a, it's just a it's lot. A, it's, it's a lot yeah. of people. It's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a people. A lot of times they look at the business and the brand and they look at where we're at, but it's like there's a there's a there's a there's a fountain of people or a large amount of people behind us that helped us get to where we are today, and and it and it's actively changing and growing as we as we grow the business we're getting into a new stage of the business where we are having other people come alongside us and help us so it's not just us collectively coming together it's it's a it's a team effort you know mike mike was really strategic at re- reaching out to s- certain individuals he reached out to viviana reached out to me reached out to mike reached out to maria reached out to steve and, and all these people collectively have, have helped to build that brand so even looking outside of your own gates if you will right not within the business would you say to other entrepreneurs that are starting out that those relationships have been vital oh thousand percent a thousand percent and i think and mike can speak to this as well or attest to it one of the things that we've seen is the amount of savings in time time and time in business especially in a startup is huge so if it takes you six months to do something versus three it's the turnaround time is immense and there was something a couple of weeks ago where we were in a meeting and a simple call saved us months of time and we got the answer immediately said okay this is what we need to do this is what we need to present and this is how we do it and that's huge massive mm-hmm. that's really cool let's go ahead and take our last break and we'll be right back okay. and we're back with the team from mike and mike's desserts so what what advice would you guys give to people that are just a couple steps behind you starting the business, um, especially in the retail space? Yeah, the retail space is super hard to get into. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really locked down. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard. 
Um, I guess it really you have to find that that key person that's going to help you get you to pass that gra- get that glass ceiling that um that we're still trying to get past ourselves. Um, yeah, you have to have almost like a champion behind you, someone someone that understands the industry. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this: if you're not willing to put in the work, then nobody's going to come to the table. So, if for me, from my perspective, if I didn't see Mike working as hard as he could when there was nothing around, then I don't know if I would have been motivated to say, "Dude, I'll help you." But to see, like, it was just tunnel vision. It didn't matter what was in his way; he was going to be successful, and that was really motivating for me. So it's like I, I was working on my own thing, but I'm like, dude. Whatever you need, man. Whatever you need to, to build this thing, I'm here. And and that's what got all these other people to, to join the the business as well. And so I, I think that's just like a relentless, even if you don't know what you're doing, it's just relentless effort and just going to, I'm not going to give up. That's to me. And then it, it's almost like this energy that kind of pulls into where other people are attracted to that mm-hmm. and relationships that you didn't even know was possible comes in to where you start to cultivate those strategic partners and those champions that are saying, hey, I'm going to help you break that glass ceiling. Have you all had challenges of just being friends and working together? I mean, you don't have to get in the nitty-gritty. But. <laughs> no, not really. Everything's no, pretty I think it's pretty with, the, with with us working as friends, and then it's just balancing that, like, friendship component and then that, like, hustle, let's, you know, focus. Right. And I think we do a really good job at it, of, of balancing that, and that's the type of workspace and company that we try to be, you know, like, being friends and having that um, friendship, but then also that hustle mentality how do we get better let's meet we meet weekly to like see what we've learned what we are accomplishing what's for next week so we're always on our game too like it's not just you know it's friendship but we're also on our game so when y'all go hang out outside of work does it just become a work retreat (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) i'll I'll say this there'll be some side conversations so mike and i'll play basketball actively you know pick up basketball on thursdays and there'll be some side conversations but mostly when when we're when we're shut off we're shut off it's it's that balance between hey this is a business conversation and this is a friendship conversation and kind of knowing the difference between the two and trying not to intermingle. It's not sometimes it's not easy because when there's when there's hectic days, it's not easy to, you know, know the difference. But we're I feel like we do a pretty good job, yeah. especially in the beginning when you're trying to lift that plate off and see it sail. It's hard. You got to put a lot of energy. Yeah, it's in, a lot of work in, man. in the beginning. So have your your spouses or significant others fed into the brand and the business pretty well. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. 100%. Um, my wife is, she's a champion. She's she's behind us a thousand percent. She believes in what we're doing. And I think that's something that's a motivating factor. When you, it, it's it's kind of one of those things, it's, when everything starts, it's like no one really sees it. But then when other people start to see it and it's like, okay, you guys are onto something. That's something that is really motivating. And it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're here now, but it, we, we got to keep pushing a little bit harder because now we have, it's not just us that, that see it now. There's other people that believe in us that see it a thousand percent so that's motivating for yeah, sure yeah my husband went to school at FIU um with Mike so like seeing him from that time till now and he knows everything that we're doing obviously he's very proud of the company of his friend Mike of everything so it's awesome to see so y'all will you do um customized desserts shipped to directly to the consumer or is it only to the retail space only to retail okay. only okay. to retail Yep, it's more of a brick and mortar concept, like specialized stuff. So. Okay, so um, what what are your favorite flavors that you guys are offering right now? I'm, Each individually, you I, can't have the same. I'm a I'm a ba- I'm a, I'm basic, honestly. I, I, <laughs> I, I love vanilla, man. It's a it's a it's a delicious flavor. It's really clean. So that, that's me. Uh, say uh, milk and cookies. Okay, Stra- strawberry two step. 
holy smokes, you're all different. Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah, so yeah. do y'all, I mean, at the office, do y'all break open a pack and like, oh, we got to <laughs> test it, quality test it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for, sure. That, for sure. For sure. Do people feel like cheated if you guys come to a party and don't bring your, bring your dessert? Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> they know we're the cupcake guys. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. Yesterday we were hanging out with a couple friend and they and they brought, they're like, hey, we brought uh, Mike and Mike's as dessert. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. It was chocolate. They, they brought it to your thing. That's pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, they brought it to our, to our little hangout as, as dessert. So, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Very nice. So um, where where can people get a hold of you? Where can they buy Mike and Mike's? They can buy Mike and Mike's at Chamberlain's or Earth Origin stores in Central Florida. So Gainesville, Cala, Lakeland, um, Tampa. Sarasota. Sarasota. There's several. And then also we'll be launching into public screenwise market mm-hmm. in the next few weeks. Um, and then they can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, at Mike and Mike's Desserts. So you got all the things covered. We got to, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as, as you guys look at producing for public screenwise, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing production's just ramping up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, we're interested... I mean, we're eager to show them this new model since we haven't really showed them that yet. I think it'd be more their speed, you know. But at it, like you said, at the end of the day, it's production is ramping up since we are feeding a beast here. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's exciting. You know, originally we thought it was three, but they they said it's going to be all eight. So we're excited. We're excited about that opportunity because it's it's massive. We we're very self aware of how few companies get to launch into even a public screen wise. So we're extremely thankful and grateful for the mm-hmm. opportunity. That's awesome. So, what what are you guys currently right now reading or listening to? I listen to a ton of a ton of how I, how I built this yeah. with yeah, Guy, yeah, yeah. Guy Raz. Yeah, uh, Mike and I will send specifically for the CPG guys. It's really amazing to hear their stories and even to kind of see ourselves in the sections that they're at. And it's like, okay, we're 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 on the right path. We're we're like right here mm-hmm. where Kodak Cakes is, or right here where Simply Made is. And so it's really it's really awesome to kind of listen to that. All right. I read a lot of blogs like Hootsuite, HubSpot, you know, to get inspiration. Um, and uh, I listen to different podcasts like marketing podcasts to just always stay up with the trends. Very cool. So where are you guys encouraged most right now in the world around you or in your business? Um, I'm, I'm most encouraged um, by, I mean, this being in part of this startup for me, it's very inspirational, motivational. I, and I see my team members hard work and I always really appreciate that. I don't think they... I've ever said that to them directly, but there there it goes. <laughs> so I really appreciate that, and I think that it's very, very motivational and inspiring, honestly, and especially as a minority, um, you know, as a minority startup, I think it's such a big deal for this change to happen in our society. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think uh, to, to piggyback off Maria, I'm, in, I'm inspired by our team. We work hard. We work extremely hard. And entrepreneurship, especially now, is super popular, but they don't talk about the late nights, the long hours, the no breaks, the no vacations. And, you know, I respect my, my business partner, Mike. Mike just, he comes in, he puts his head down, and he just works. And that's what entrepreneurship is. And so that that's that's, that's inspiring for me because, you know, when it, whenever I am feel like nothing's going or things aren't clicking the way it, it's clicking, he just puts his head down. He's like, all right, Nate, we just got to get back to work and just do it. And, and that's honestly what it is. It's just a lot of hard work, you know, so. Yeah, uh, I guess for me, inspiring, you know, when I originally started in the beginning, it was me by myself, you know. That is hard, just just doing it by yourself and going to all these places, not knowing if something like that is going to even manifest itself. And actually seeing it now to where it is is kind of amazing to me, honestly. 
and launching the publics and all this stuff. So it's, it's, it's a big thing for me. Yeah, I was going to add that, too. I think that's cool. That's that's almost mind-blowing to think about it because I remember when we first presented, we were super nervous um, back when we presented to publics. And it's like, man, we, we literally worked here. And so to go from a place of working to selling a product that we work so hard on to get into the stores, just, it's just massive. It's a massive full circle opportunity. And I'm pretty sure if you talk to the people at Publix, they'd be excited about that too. Yeah. You know, just knowing that they, yeah. they spun out entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how that, I mean, they feed into the communities and if we can get more businesses like you guys feeding back into communities and back into to people's hearts, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing, just giving back to Lakeland and growing this entrepreneur community which is it's not that it's not big yet but you know by, by us we can kind of open up that path to to actually get it there well i really appreciate you guys coming in and and hanging out with me for a little bit yeah we appreciate I, it man again uh for all the listeners out there go look up mike and mike's desserts um i'm excited about uh having having a go at it too uh again my name is holland henderson i'm a financial advisor with allen and company if you go to alleninvestments.com You'll find a lot of great podcasts, a lot of great blogs. Uh, We'd love for you to stop by anytime. Have a wonderful day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.